Hey everybody, welcome home. We are Jeremy and Sarah and you are watching Legacy Television. We're so thankful you decided to tune in today because we're starting a series of brand new messages that we wanna minister to you today. And we believe this is gonna encourage you. It's gonna strengthen your faith, get you rooted and grounded in the word of God. You're gonna be blessed by this today. Let's pray today and then we'll get right into the word. Father, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for honoring us with the ability to hear your word and to stand and to act on it and to take it and believe it for ourselves. Thank you for honoring us with the ability to live and to walk by faith. So we receive today your word like a treasure to us and it is valuable. Lord, we hear it. We open our hearts to receive from you in Jesus' name. We thank you for um, opening our eyes and lighting our eyes uh, to see all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks so much for watching today. Stick around after the broadcast. Sarah and I are going to be back. We've got some great things to share with you then. Let's get into the Word. I want to get into this in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's begin reading in verse 16. It says this. It says, we do not lose heart. You could say there, we don't quit. We do not quit. We don't give up. We don't give in. We don't give out. And we don't quit. Amen? We don't lose heart. We don't quit. Man, if that was, if that was what described you and I, we would we would go so far in this life, in the things of God, in our walk of faith, if we just wouldn't quit. You are not gifted to quit. That's not your anointing, just so you know. You don't, you don't get to sit in small groups and everybody go around the circle and say what their gift is, and when they come to you, you say, I'm gifted to quit. No, you, you're not. Well, I like to start stuff, but then when it gets difficult, I usually bow out and quit. That's, that's kind of what my life's about. Not anymore. You hear me? You're not a quitter. We don't lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Notice this in verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a, how long? A moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Go back to verse 17. I want to show you a couple of words here. Notice what he says. He says, our light affliction. Everybody say the word light. Light. What's he talking about there? He's talking about something that doesn't weigh anything. It's light. Now, if you really want to find out what he's talking about here, you just back up a few verses. And if you were to go back to verses seven, eight, and nine, you'd hear him say things like this. We are hard pressed on every side. That's pressure. That's pressure coming on you, coming at you from every direction, looking in front of you, behind you, left and right, up and down. It just feels like it's pressing in on you. That's financial pressure. That's family pressure. That's job pressure. That's cultural pressure coming from every direction. But he said, we're pressed, but what? What did he say? Anybody remember? We're not crushed. He said, we're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Do you remember him saying all these things? And it's all these things that he's talking about when he says here in verse 17, it's light. This is light. This doesn't weigh anything. This is a light affliction. And he used this other word to describe it, momentary. 
How long is momentary? Just like that. See, I think we need to start having a mind shift and a change of heart when we look at the things that are going on and difficult things and challenges. We got to start looking at this stuff and calling it light and momentary. This is light. This ain't not, you know, there are things that could be so light you didn't even know that you had them in your hand. That's how light something could be. And he called all this pressure. When's the last time you called your financial pressure light? Oh, that ain't nothing. You know, so you need to get in the habit of describing some problems like this. Ready? <laughs> that needs to be the way you and I describe some of the stuff that's against us. Ready? Just try it. <laughs> Financial pressure. <laughs> pressure at work. <laughs> what is light? Doesn't even deserve an actual word, just a sound. <laughs> Light and momentary. But I want you to notice this. Put that verse back up there, verse 17. It's light in comparison to something else. It's light and it's momentary in comparison to the far more exceeding and eternal, what? Weight. Weight of glory. You got the light problem, but you got the heavy glory. You got something that's momentary, and then you got something that's eternal. And I want these two words to stand out to you today as we talk about this. You've got, you've got something that's light, and you got something that's weighty. If you were to go back through the Old Testament, you see this not once, not twice, but I would say half a dozen times or more. You would see God speaking to his people and giving them specific direction uh, you see this in the book of Proverbs over and over. He says in talking about how they do business, how they conduct business with each other, he says that, that diverse weights and measures are an abomination to him. Diverse weights and diverse measures, differing weights. What's he talking about? Well, if you lived in that time, and you went to market to buy something, you probably know this, but you didn't step up to a cash register, did you? You didn't have a wallet that you pulled cash out of, and you certainly did not swipe a piece of plastic. <laughs> What's plastic? You know, I mean, th this is a whole different way of doing things. Instead of walking up to something like that, you would step up to a set of scales. And the item that you're purchasing, the merchant, the guy selling that to you, has ascribed that thing a certain weight. Okay. So what he would do is he would reach into his bag. They had a bag that was literally called the bag of weights. And he would reach into that bag and put whatever weight was necessary on his side of the scale. And then what you would do is reach into your money bag and start pulling out gold, silver, whatever. You could pull out shekels. You're familiar with that term, right? Shekels. You know what the term shekel is? It's a unit or a measurement of weight. It's not, we, you can't think of it like change the way we do. It's weight. That's how they found value in things. It was in its weight. And so when he put his weight on his side of the scale, it was then your job to start filling up your side of the scale with money until they evened out. And that's how you know you've paid his asking price. Now, when God was speaking to his people, he said, it's an abomination to him. That's not a word God just throws around. 
loosely. There are not just a whole bunch of things, a big long list of things that he calls abomination. I think we've got a big long list of stuff. Oh, that's an abomination. Well, look at what he said is. I grew up here in the chewing gum in church, grieved the Holy Spirit. I don't know, maybe, (laughs) maybe not, I don't know. But what I'm saying to you is when he says it's an abomination, you know this is serious. It's an abomination to him for that merchant doing business with another man or woman to lie about the weight that's on one side, to say that it's a certain amount, but really it's heavier to get you to pay more. I mean, how would you feel? We still practice this to a certain degree. You go into the grocery store and you're buying produce, right? How do you buy it? So much of it you buy by the pound. What if you found out one day that the grocery store you've been going to for the last decade has rigged all their scales to get you to pay uh, two cents more every time you do it? What do you think, two cents? Yeah, but over 10 years and hundreds of people a day? That's cheating, that's lying, that's stealing. That's defrauding. And the biggest thing of it all, it's no faith in God. Because if I feel like I've got to do that to you to get mine, then evidently I don't trust God. This is why he calls an abomination. Now, now what are we talking about here? This is what the Lord began dealing with us on months and months ago. He started putting things to us in, in this type of thinking. He said, Jeremy, what are... What are you guys giving weight to? You familiar with that terminology? Somebody you trust says something. You believe them what? You give weight to what they say. You give weight. You add importance to things, to their words, to others' words, to situations. I was in, um, actually in the Branson meeting, the Branson Victory Campaign, uh, back in March. And uh, my grandfather, Brother Copeland, was preaching and he said something that so caught my attention along these lines. He said, there are things that have been big to us that are small to God and things that are big to him that have been too small to us. Do you follow that? Things that have been so big to us, so big to us, like we're talking about pressure, it's so big, it, it totally consumes the thoughts and the mind and the words and, and your life and you're thinking about it and you're talking about it and you're thinking about it and you're talking about it. What are you doing? Every time you give voice to that thought, you add weight to it. 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 And there are things that have been big to us, but they are to God. They are light and momentary. And God spoke to his people over and over and over and he commanded them, you use just scales. Do not use an unjust scale. Do not use an unjust balance. So you go to God and you've got these issues and these problems and you essentially load up your side of the scale. Everything you're giving weight to Every issue, every, every distraction, every single thing that's just plaguing your heart and mind. And you, let's, this keeps coming up, and I think this is the direction we're going to go. Financial pressure. You ready? 
You load up that side of the scale. God, I have got to have this amount of money. I owe this. They need that. I want this and it costs that. And you load up that side of the scale until God looks back at you and says, okay, you done? For now. I'm done for now. And he reaches into his bag because the scripture says, watch this, all the weights of the bag are his. And you know what he pulls out? that exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The glory that is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you were to back up just a few verses before where we're reading, you know what he says? He says, we have in earthen vessels. Can I see the hands of all the earthen vessels in here? Yeah. We have in earthen vessels the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. It's what's in you. And that's why he went right from that into, I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. When you put pressure on every side of an earthen vessel, a cheap clay pot, guess what happens to it? It's crushed. Unless. Unless there's something in it that's pushing back. Unless there's something, unless, watch this, unless greater is what's in it than what's against it. That's what's in you. And he puts on his side of the scale that exceeding and eternal weight of glory. (laughs) But if you stand there looking at it and you hear that and you come sit in this place and you hear the answer to the question week in, week out, month after month, and you still walk out going, God, my money problems, God, my money problems, God, my money problems. You add weight to it until your side of the scale outweighs his. That's unjust. That's a dishonest balance. So I want to show you this in some other places today. Go, um, go to the book of Luke chapter 12. We are going to fix this scale. We are going to begin right now to adjust this scale. When I heard my grandfather say that things that have been big to us, but they're small to God and things that are big to him that have been too small to us, I decided right then my life is about fixing that scale. If it's big to him, it's going to be big to me. If it's small to him, it's small to me. No matter what it feels like on my flesh, no matter what it feels like inside and the worry that tries to come with it, if it's small to him, it's small to me. Luke chapter 12, let me show you this in action here. In in this chapter, we won't take time to read the whole thing. You should because it's so good. But Jesus has come to a place to preach. And you see in the first verse that there are so many people. I think one translation says that there are thousands of people that have come to hear him and they've begun to trample each other. They're thronging him. I grew up going to conventions where my grandparents would speak and it always made me laugh as a kid when that big long line of people would start at seven, eight o'clock in the morning before the doors open, right? And they're all here to love Jesus, all here to worship God, sing the songs, get in the word. But when those door opens, baby, you better be out of my way because it's Black Friday at Walmart up in here. I should watch it as a kid and think all these Christian people just trampling each other. Why? For this seat, this one right here. 
because you can't hear from right there. You got to sit right here. <laughs> they did it to Jesus, trampling each other to get to him. And Jesus begins speaking. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to them. And he begins, he begins saying some things. And for the sake of this this morning, we could say he is saying some very weighty things. Very weighty. And again, we won't take time to look at all of it, but if you go back and look, you're going to find him saying things like, you don't need to be afraid of God. Can you imagine hearing that for the first time? Growing up in a culture and a society where that's all you knew was fear of God. They were all their lifetimes subject to the fear of death. They were in bondage to it, the Bible says. And Jesus came and he said, you don't have to be afraid of him. And he told them why. Now imagine you're hearing this for the first time. I know it's not. I know you've heard it before, but imagine it's the first time. He said, are not, I think it was five sparrows sold for two copper coins. And yet your heavenly father knows each one of them. And then he asked this question, are you not of more value than they are? When Jesus asked these questions, don't treat them as rhetorical. Answer the man. This will set you free if you will answer Jesus' question. If Jesus says to you, are you not of more value than they? Answer him. Yes. In your eyes and according to your word, I am valuable. Don't base it on what you feel. Don't base it on what you think. You base it on this word. Are you not of more value than they? And he said this. He said, every hair on your head is numbered. Your father knows the number of each hairs on your head. I studied this out and found out that this, I guess it's this term or this word numbered. It wasn't just a reference to knowing how many there are. It was that you could pull one out and he could tell you which number it was. <laughs> how cool is that? <laughs> but it's not just cool. It's that kind of love we were talking about earlier. It makes no sense. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point of him knowing the number of hairs on my head? The point is you can't get it with your head. The point is I love you beyond your ability to rationalize it. So quit trying to rationalize it and believe it. Yeah. And this is the stuff he's laying down. This is some weighty stuff. And in the middle of this, go to verse 13. It says, then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. You got to be watchful about just starting in the middle of a story. You lose the context of it. Jesus was preaching and a guy from the crowd found enough boldness to interrupt the man. And when he said people were thronging to get to Jesus, I bet you anything it was this guy. <laughs> It's obvious. He has come here with something on his mind. And you can look at what he said. Tell my brother. This is not a request. This is not a, I humbly beseech thee. This is, shh, I need to say something. Tell my brother. There's no honor in this. There's no respect in this. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Somebody help me. What kind of problem is this? This is a what? money problem. It's a money problem 
in the midst of Jesus talking about and revealing to all men for all time how valuable they are in the eyes of God. Pretty weighty. I said, pretty weighty. You know what he said right after that? He said, if you will claim me before men, I will claim you before God and all the angels. How many untold millions upon millions upon millions of people have been born again and experienced the greatest miracle ever because they heard a man or woman stand at an altar and say, all you have to do is claim him before people and he'll claim you before God. And the Holy Spirit began to tug on people's hearts and got them up out of their seat, came to an altar like this one or, or altars like it all over the world and made Jesus the Lord of their lives and were saved from hell and eternity and were promised a place with Jesus in the presence of God for all time because of these words right here. As much as the body of Christ disagrees on stuff here, stuff there, I bet you anything, every single person, regardless of denomination, regardless of background, regardless of culture, agrees on these words right here. You claim Jesus, He claims you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 